Welcome back to the Personal Welcome Trainer back. Portal podcast. I've started, if you're watching this podcast on Spotify, as I said on the last podcast, is because you can now apparently watch us on Spotify, not on Apple Podcasts yet, but you would have just seen Pete advertising his cereal he has. What were they, Pete? I mean, I'm just disclaimer here. This isn't my cereal. The children have this once a week. if they're well, Once a week if they've been good. <laughs> it's these bad boys. You Ooh, see that? I have had Other those. brands are available. I think I have had those maybe just once before, and they are delicious. What What's your favourite cereal ever? Mine. It's got to be Crunchy Nut Cornflakes. Mm. I'm just I'm just gonna show you another popular one uh, in Tenerife. Is Albondingas. Now, what are they? Why do you know what Albondingas translates to? Pillows. <laughs> so, if you go out bed shopping and do you want to buy in Tenerife, pillows in Tenerife. You go to the Spanish bed shop or Ikea, there's Ikea's here, and other shops are available. Um, and basically, you would ask for Albondingas, but you wouldn't get the cereal, you'd get the pillows. And if you go to the supermarket, the they're called the same as pillows, so yeah. How do you say milk in Spanish? Leche. So what if you walked into a, a bed shop and were like, I want some Albondingas, leche? I mean, they're going <laughs> to laugh at you. Uh, they're going to laugh at you a lot. And so there's a few words that you can go wrong with, like easily mispronounced, like chicken and penises, similar. Because they do normally cross paths in day-to-day living. Exactly. In, in uh, normal conversation. Exactly. So you, you've got to be careful with what, what you're asking for. Mm. But, anyway. Um, anyway. How are you, Lewis? I'm all good. All good. So it's now, what is it, 5th of July. And I don't it's know. Why in this year, by the I way? Know. I don't know. if. Well, you did see my Instagram story yesterday. No, I'm going to stop you there because this was going to be my joke because I made this joke to you this week about this. So I'm going to jump in there before you do. And I'm going to say it. So, I was so for all the just... new listeners, give them context. Because yeah, they might so not know. If you've not had the pleasure of some of our earlier work on the podcast, Lewis was heavy into an event that he was training for and he liked to talk about it all the time because, to be fair, he it had to do a lot of my life. Yeah, you had to do a lot of training. It's like when, you, when you're you busy with work, you just end up talking about work because you're just that focused on it, which drives everyone a little mad. So Lewis was competing for Ironman, which if you listen to the podcast... I mean, will they be able to see the footage on those earlier ones? It won't, will they? Because what do you every, mean? on the Spotify now, people, we used to joke on that people could see us doing this podcast. Oh, yeah, no, no. They've only been seen the last few ones because it's only since Spotify you've... Exactly. Us. So they're going to be lucky because back in the day, uh, Lewis would, I think, is it seven Iron Man t-shirts you have? Just to remind Three. yourself. Seven. There's definitely seven. So he, he would wear a different one every day. Uh, after he finished it, just to rub it in your face that he thinks he's an Iron Man, he thinks he's better than you. So yeah, so I was stru- scrolling through uh, Facebook this week, and what did I see? Lewis had posted his Iron Man event from the previous year. So I, I sent him a text just saying "Happy Anniversary Dinner," and that's where it started. So yesterday. It was exactly a year since I did it, as you just mentioned there. And the this year's Iron Man was Sunday, just gone. And just this last year, did you? And I was just I texted Jimmy, the lad who I did it with, and I said, 
seeing all the, the footage from the Iron Man page, obviously they're uploading and updating how people were getting on this year. And I was watching it and I was thinking, well, there's two ways I could have looked at it. It was like, I could be watching this with sheer FOMO, thinking I really wish I was doing this this year. I can't believe that was me. Like a year ago, I'm so good I'm missing out. Or I could have looked at it and I could have been like, it looks great, fair play, well done to everyone, but not a chance do I wish I was doing it this year. And I'm going to tell you now, I was the latter. I was looking at the story, like the Iron Man official page stories, and I was like, I am so glad that that is not me this year. I, I like how you've looked at it there. You've you've thought about that, weighed it up and thought, yeah, I don't miss that, no, which is no. good, I suppose. It's one of those now where it literally was a bucket list thing. Is in, say, some people might want to do Everest Base Camp. Some people might want to do, I don't know, name something crazy, a skydive or something like that. All these things some people want to do, it's a bucket list thing. And then some people, once they do it, it's like they just want to do it again. I think with the idea yeah. for me, like it is with a lot of people when they have a bucket list thing, most of the time you do it and it's, it was amazing, it was great, but I, I don't want to do it again. And for the foreseeable future, that is how I think about it. I'm not saying I'll never do one again. I might do in a few plus years, but for the meantime, like I have no intention of wanting to do another one, if I'm being completely honest. Well, fair, fair play to you. You've ticked that box, haven't you? It's off the bucket list. When you're just talking about it there, thinking about what was involved in it, I remember the day you were doing it, it was, was it a Sunday? Yeah. Was it before we yeah. started these podcasts? I think, it, I think it was literally like two or three weeks before we started the podcast. Mm, it? Right. Because... I, it must have been a Sunday because I tend to go the, we've got the season pass to the water park for the family. And uh, I remember I was lying on sunbed in a water park in bright sunshine, just baking. And uh, I was following you on the website because obviously if you put your, your number in, you and Jimmy, I was following. So yeah, I, eating I track keep us. going on. And I was tracking you thinking I was going to Roos or partner like, oh God, he's not even finished the run yet. You still got to do. I mean, the run was the last thing, but yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> he's not even finished the cycle, yeah. right? and he's still got to do the other thing. So, yeah, that was just interesting. Then when you you'd said to me roughly how long it it, it would take to finish, and I thought, God, that is brutal. Thinking about it now, it was like, fuck, like it's just so long, like it's just brutal. But anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about on this podcast. Otherwise, I'll be here all day bigging myself up and. What do you like talking about me? I, I, you know me. I'm quite a humble. Yeah, so don't yeah, really, don't really mention it. Well, I haven't actually mentioned what we're going to be talking about today on this podcast. So today we're going to be talking about the reasons you are struggling to sell personal training. This really is quite an important topic because let's be honest, if you don't have personal training clients, you don't have a business. And if you don't have a business, well, you're not earning any money. If you're not earning any money, then... Well, you're not good, aren't you? Unless you're living with your parents and you have no rent on all bills or anything, but most people do. So today we're going to be covering the exact reasons why you are probably struggling to sell PT. I've got a few stories about PT, which are, are trying to sell PT, which I've told a few times on this podcast. I know Pete does as well. So before we get into the main overall concept of why you're struggling, why don't we, Pete, you tell a story first about maybe a time when maybe a consultation didn't go to plan or maybe when you tried to pick up clients or maybe just a time where you were 
struggling with business and your thoughts going through it, some type of story you had, and then I'll go after just so people can feel like they can relate to us a little bit. Because when we're, <laughs> when we're on this massive pedestal of doing Ironmans and stuff like that and living in Tenerife, it's right. hard. But yeah. go on then, I'm putting you on the spot. How Have you got any type of story of when you were PT and struggling? I think more than just sort of a, a, price, a precise story, I'd, I'd sort of probably say that when you, you've sort of asked me that question, it's just took me back the sort of day one when me and you were starting out in the gym. And obviously our gym was brand new commercial gym, wasn't it? It was all nice and new and it was opening. But before it opened, there was sort of a two-week period, wasn't it? Where Yeah, two-week sort of, what, what did they call it? Was it priest? No. What was the term for it? There was a, re- I can't think of it. It was a two-week period where people of Gosforth, Newcastle, could come in and view the gym, but they couldn't actually use the gym yet, but they could sign up. Yeah, so, I mean, the gym, I think it was 99.9% complete, wasn't it? There was no yeah. builders, right? I think it I think it was complete, wasn't it? So, was it pre-sale? But it wasn't. Was That's it pre-sale? I was thinking pre-sale. I, I can't remember. And uh, uh, there might have been an offer on that you got it cheaper if you got it before that date where it officially opened. Maybe if, if, you, if you took a membership, then bang, you got it cheap for X amount of time. But we sort of, as PTs, fresh out of PT school, we just had to. Uh, we've talked about this a few times that have sent me, and, and this is why we've done this podcast. This is why we've done courses. This is why we've done webinars, etc., on selling because we feel that the industry as a whole doesn't really set you up for that. So they teach you where what muscles are and what bones you've got, and you know how to structure a PT session, but they don't actually tell you much about selling, how to have a conversation with a potential client or a gym member, they don't give you the the tools essentially to prosper and get customers, fill your diary. So you asked me, that takes me back to that first two weeks where the management have said to us, we're doing this pre-sale, we're going to be giving tours around the gym. We had some come in and they gave us all the ins and outs of what to be sort of telling people from a, this machine does this and we've got 15 cross trainers. Do you know what I mean? We had all the stats on that, but they didn't essentially really tell you how to sell. But the management sort of said, look, this is a great opportunity to potentially pick up PT clients. You're going to be showing them around. You're going to be having a little bit of chit-chat, maybe throw in that you do PT, give you your business card out. And you think, oh, great, great. And you're going into that thinking this will be easy. And then within the first couple of days, you're like, well, I'm telling them I'm a PT. And I'm giving them a, my freshly pr- printed uh, business card. Business card, and I haven't had any callbacks, and they haven't signed up with me on the day. What's happening? And a few PTs did pick people up. I think you did. You on the in the first two weeks or on the first day specifically? First two weeks. First two weeks. Yeah, I think I picked up maybe two or three clients. Yeah, yeah. two clients. So two. It that first week, I don't think I picked up anyone, and it was sort of quite a a steep learning curve on that. And it, you quickly have to realize that sort of going straight in, this person's met you for five minutes and you're trying to get them to pay a fairly decent amount back then in a commercial gym, 25, 30, 35 pounds an hour, whatever you were sort of packaging, if you'd even packaged anything up by that point. 
And you're trying to get them straight into that. And they're thinking, when you come for a look around the gym, who are you? I know your name's Pete or Lewis, but you know, I just want to look around the gym. I, I don't want to sign up to that. Or they didn't see the value of it because I hadn't given them any value to that. I hadn't, I was talking to them, made conversation, but there should have been a system in place with me. And if I had my time again, and I went into that pre-sale, if we're going to call it that now, knowing what I know now, and if I'd had a course like we have now or a podcast to listen to, to get ideas and help from, I reckon I would have smashed that and I would have picked a lot more clients up, but I just didn't know the stuff then. You're fresh out of PT school and you, you don't really get taught a lot about selling and, and how to pick up clients and, and putting structures in place. And I suppose that's why we've, we've done this. I mean, Lewis, I'm sure you could relate to that pre-sale obviously, cause you, you did it exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the pre-sale was one of those where we were fortunate in the point of, we were P PTs who were in the gym and the gym was just opening. So we were getting an influx of new people who were probably some people who had never been to a gym before. So we had an upper hand of, we had this almost just massive pool of people looking around the gym. And it was, to relate it to social media marketing now, it was almost like we were getting people just given to us, warm leads, as they say in the internet world, people who wanted to train, wanted to find a new gym. And obviously there were some people who were more experienced and been to a gym and didn't need a PT, but a lot of people were coming into the gym who hadn't been to a gym before or just people who hadn't been to the gym in a long time and wanted some help. And I think that really helped us. But the thing is, if, if we could go back in time now, us now, what we know, I reckon if we went back to that pre-sale, like of me being a PT now for what, seven, eight years, I could probably in those two weeks, I don't want to say fill my diary, but I reckon I could have picked up at least eight, seven or eight clients as opposed to just two or three from what I know now, purely because I didn't, what we're going to talk about now, I didn't have the knowledge and experience of how to sell PT. And I didn't really know what I was saying. I didn't learn it within my qualification. So I remember he'd have people coming in the gym and I'd show them around and I didn't, I found it fun, but I didn't really know what I needed to say. So I remember some people would come in. I was a 19 year old lad at the time. I'd just finished my PT qualification. I was still living at home. I'd never really spoken to people who were maybe in the mid forties, mid fifties, who some people were businessmen or business women who run teams of people. And they're just speaking to a 19 year old lad who doesn't really know how to act around people like that. So I'd show them around the gym. And then you'd always finish off. I don't know if you did this, Pete. You'd walk around the gym, show them the treadmill, show them the cross trainer. This is this, this is this, this is how much the membership is. It's the changing rooms. This is how it's going to work. So at 15, 20 minutes goes on. They look pretty interested. They want to sign up. And then you go around, kind of take them over to the PT board where all the business cards are. And then you go, this is the personal trainer board. Obviously, I'm a personal trainer. And if you're interested in my services, then here's my business card you contact me, but seeing as I'm giving you it now, we're like, would you be interested in sessions? And it was just like, that's all I'll say. And I didn't really give them any value. I didn't give them a reason to why they should want to know more of my service. So I was almost just putting it on them. It's it, going back to that analogy of being in a car dealership, looking around at a car, and then the salesperson just going, well, I'm a salesman. I'll sell the car for you now. I'll buy your car and sell you this one. Let's go. And you'd be like, whoa, hang on. I only came to have a look around. 
Yeah. You'd, you'd be a little bit taken aback by that. So what I would do differently now is if I was in that situation, obviously we couldn't give them value in the gym because the gym wasn't open. What I would do is I'd show them around the gym. And then, I'd, but as I was showing them around, what I would do is I would, one, identify their biggest problem and struggle. I would see what goals they had. And then I would start telling them some stories because I didn't have any clients at this point. So I couldn't tell them stories about clients I'd worked with, but I'd tell them personal stories which related to their struggles and related to their goal. So I'm building this rapport the whole time. And then once I got to the end, I'd say, well, I'm a personal trainer here. What we can do when the gym opens next week, if you come down on Saturday when the gym opens, I'll take 20 minutes out of my time for free. You don't need to pay me. And I'll just show you how to use the machines. And then I'll show you exactly what you need to be doing so that when you come in, you're not going to be walking around, not really sure and knowing how and what you should be doing. And what that, I haven't even mentioned PT there because I know if I mention PT first off, they haven't even been given any value by me. So that's what I'd do now. I'd just get them in the gym and I'd organize a second meetup. So then I could prove my value and then I could take them down the conveyor belt. And that leads me on to saying the main premise and the main reason why you're struggling to sell PT in the gym is because you don't have what we like to say here at PTP is the conveyor belt system. You don't have a system in getting someone from being a complete random on the gym floor to then becoming a long-term paying client. So let's start off with a conveyor belt system. Pete, what is the first start of the conveyor belt, conveyor belt system? Where should people start? If PT's listening to this and going, right, I want to try and pick up a client, just one client over the next week. What do I need to do? What's the first thing? It's probably the simplest thing you can do, but the most overlooked thing you can do. So it is initiating or starting a conversation with a gym member or a, a lead. Maybe you've been given a lead or you've just gone onto the gym floor. Let's say you're on the gym floor. The first thing you can do is just talk to people. And like Lewis said on his example of how it was for him, you don't go for PT and tell them PT, you've got to, we're going to get into what you need to do before you do that. But you've got to give them value and you've just got to, that first conversation can be a hello, how are you? My name's Pete. What's your name? Get their information. A little bit of chat. That, that, that is literally the simplest thing you can do. You've just got to then remember that person because you've initiated that conveyor belt. That's the very start. So as soon as you've had that convo, they're on your conveyor belt. And then it's the case of, as we go through this podcast, we'll get into the different parts of that conveyor belt, but you need to get them on that conveyor belt first. And that is simply conversation. Now, you know, we've discussed this on previous podcasts where- yeah, what, what do you think people need to say mainly? Well, first of all, having a script, we've discussed this, haven't we? It, and that doesn't mean, mean walking around with a literal- piece of paper exactly have Don't you seen sorry to interrupt but have you seen what? the film up no, the cartoon the cartoon no. it's a rabbit is it a rabbit no it's 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 where the it's i know for a fact people listen to the podcast would have seen it have a look on your phone now it's where the there's an old man who lives in the house his wife dies and then the kid comes around his house and he keeps i think he he's at the scouts or something like that and then right. he's trying to get his badge his last badge for scouts by helping the elderly and then one day he ties loads of balloons to his house because he wants to get his house away from where it currently is because there's builders coming around wanting to build a new estate around him and they're trying to buy his house off him. 
in sentiment where what no people's home. Yeah, no people's home. But he doesn't want to go. So he, he ties the balloon to his house. Obviously, it's a cartoon. And it, and it just flies away. But the, wow. the, the anyway, the, the reason why it reminds me of what you said there is because at the very start of the film, the kid, it's so funny, the kid walks up. And he keeps knocking on this old guy's door. He's like a really young, energetic, enthusiastic kid from Scouts. And he wants his last badge, which is to, again, help the elderly. And he knocks on his door every day. And this, the old man's like, hello. And then he just closes the door every time straight away. But every time the kid goes to his, his door, he's knocking and he's got this script, which he reads. Uh, and it's like, hello, my name is so-and-so. And I'm going, and I need to get my last badge for Scouts. I need to help you and to do this. And he keeps just right. slamming the door in his face because it's like, it, it's not authentic. Yeah. So... Yeah, don't go around the gym with a piece of paper saying, my name's Pete, I'm a PT here, I'm here to help you. So you don't want to be doing that. What, what we mean by having a script, when you're in the house, at home, wherever, drop something down. What are you going to say to every member? But make it fluid, flexible, so you can change it up to who's in front of you. But it's just a case of introducing yourself, asking certain questions, and having that in your head, ready to go. You could practice practice with your friends or your partner, whoever it is, the manager at the gym, whoever, just so it flows and that you're not sort of caught on your heels when someone comes in and you're like, I don't know what to say. So if you have those sort of script in your head, not in physical format, walking around the gym, please don't do that. But have a script, have an idea of what questions you need to ask. Make sure that they're open questions so that they're not just a yes and no answer. They're going to require the gym member to open up a little or give you more than one word answer. Some people don't want to talk and that's fine. If they don't want to talk, just cut it there, keep it short. And then the next time you see them, try a little more. But, you know, you've just got to read the audience in front of you. And if you have that script in your head, it's going to be, it's just going to flow and, and become natural, which and is what you want. You Just to jump in there but, as well. If you don't have a script, if you come onto our PTP course, we have the full scripts ready for you, all written out. You don't need to go and look online or try and think of a, a template script you need to have on you to ask people. We already have one for you, which if you come onto our course, which is linked in the description of this podcast, you will get access to all the scripts and templates we've already made and we use. That was good, Lewis. You, I think last episode you plugged it before we'd even started the podcast, <laughs> so you've, you've held off of it. But no, so conversation. Having that script, practicing it with your friends, family, whoever it is, partner. So it flows, open-ended questions. They're sort of the takeaways from that conversation. But then it's also retaining that information because once that person's on the conveyor belt, it's really important that as they progress down the line, that you have retained that information that you've asked them. So maybe this person opens up to you a lot and you find out maybe, like Lewis said, if he had his time back, what their biggest problem is, what their goal is for training, whatever it is. If you have that jotted down somewhere or in your head, if you've got a good memory, it means you can then, when you do give them value, it's value for something that's important to them. If they've said the biggest struggle is their nutrition, then there's no good telling them something about how to avoid knee injuries when they're squatting. That's not yeah, really people important don't care. to them. Exactly. But if you can give them something of value in the nutrition side, whether that's a 
a chat about nutrition and nutrition plans and guidelines on nutrition, they're going to think, great, this guy's solving or this girl's solving my problem. So it's really important conversation, make it flow, natural, open-ended questions, and remember the information you're gathering. Exactly. Lewis, where so, are we next on the conversation? Next belt? part of the conveyor belt. We've said the first part is initiating conversation. The second part, we are going to rattle through this a little bit faster. Second part is give meaningful value. So once you've initiated the conversation, you've asked the open-ended questions, you can then transition to then say, well, I've now got 10 minutes free. Knowing your problems and struggles. So knowing that your problem is that you are struggling to lose some weight. You are struggling to actually program your own sessions. You're struggling to actually come down the gym and do some of the exercises to actually get you to where you want to be. Why don't I take 10 minutes of my time right now and I'll show you how to do a squat and I'll show you how to do a basic chest press, upper body exercises, so that once you come down, you at least you know how to perform these movement, movements and you're not going to worry about people looking at you. How does that sound? And nine times out of 10, people are going to go, yeah, that will be great because one, you're giving them value for absolutely free. And two, they want to be seen like they know what they're doing. So if you're saying, look, you're not going to have to worry about not knowing how we're doing anymore. I'm going to tell you right now. So you're then giving that value. So then you take 10, 20, 30 minutes even and just give them value, show them how to do that squat, show them how to do that dumbbell chest press. Almost treat that as a PT session, like as if you were training a client who was a complete beginner, because most people probably are a beginner. So second step is to give that value. And remember, remember, we haven't mentioned our personal training terms. We're not selling yet. We haven't once mentioned that we're a PT looking for clients. All we've done is initiate conversation, which Pete just mainly talked about. And second, we then transition to give value. So the second part is give value. After we've given the value, third pit, third part, what do we need to do, Pete? <laughs> Pete, you might mic's on mute. <laughs> that was so smooth. So yeah, so the third point is organizing a follow-up. So basically, we've we've had that conversation, initiated that. We're starting to build a relationship as we go along the conveyor belt. We've remembered some of their biggest problems, what their goals are. We've then given them value on what that is. We now need to give them a follow-up, whether that is you've given them some exercises to try and you're going to say, right, in X amount of time, we're going to talk to you. And you could just say, look, next week on the same day next yeah. week, we're going to have another catch-up and do these exercises. Exactly. And then that's creating a follow-up. They've got a bit of homework to do, if you want to call it that. If they're doing some a gym plan that you've given them or exercises to try, if they've got a certain area that they struggle with, and then you, you're creating that follow-up. So that relationship's still building because they know that next week they're coming to see you at 2 o'clock and they're going to go through this. And then it's just keeping that process, that conveyor belt flowing. It's really important. It doesn't have to be them coming in to see it. Could You could organize to have a coffee with them and go over some maybe nutrition stuff, whatever it is. There's lots of different ways that you can start to have a follower, isn't it? Exactly. And remember, a few little sub tips on that. When you're organizing the follow-up, try not to let it be any more than a week. Because if you're trying to organize a follow-up for a month's time, one, they're going to forget about it. Two, you're probably going to forget about it. And three, the sort of thrill 
of it just wears off. So ideally, obviously you can't do it the day after because they won't have time to practice the things you've just done. So ideally somewhere between three to seven days. I would say the optimum time is maybe four or five days. So let's just say you meet someone on a Monday. You could say, look, we'll meet up again at the end of this week, so Friday. So if you come down the gym, maybe tomorrow on Thursday, you've had at least two sessions or maybe one, one or two sessions where you've practiced these movements and then we can meet up on Friday. And as well, this as well, is where, sorry, you should take their phone number. Because if you don't take the phone number, then you don't really have that relationship to be able to text them. So what I would do is once you've organized the follow-up, Friday at the same time, 10 a.m., whatever the time is, I'll take you, and then you could say, then what's the best number I can text you on just so we can fully confirm it. And then if anything comes up, you can drop me a message. So then you've got the phone number. So the fourth thing to do after organizing the follow-up is meet up again, obviously. So once you meet them up, meet up with them on that Friday. Fifth thing is to feedback and relationship building. So I think I said fifth thing there, I meant fourth thing. So what I mean by feedback and relationship building is see how their sessions went once they've been taught what you gave them in that value building stage, if that makes sense. So let's just say you, as I said before, told them how to do squats and dumbbell chest press with correct form. You go, right, well, how, how did that go when you tried it by yourself? And then you could say, how did it benefit you in your session? Did you feel more confident doing it? Did you feel like the muscles in the legs were working more when you did the squat? Did you feel like your arms were working more? Did you feel like it was actually benefiting you? So asking these questions. And then if you're a good PT, which I presume you are, and you've shown them how to do it properly, they are going to get massive value from that because they didn't know how to do it before. Now you've just told them exactly how to do it. So they're going to give you all this feedback saying, yep, it was great. Yep, I now feel my legs working. I now feel my upper body working. And all of this is happening while you haven't even mentioned PT. And they're just thinking, wow, th this guy is great. He's told me how I need to do things. He's told me what I need to do. And you haven't even mentioned anything about your services. And this is where, this is where like the key point happens of once you've got a bit of feedback, you can then directly start selling your personal training. And what I mean by that, it sounds a little bit weird when I say that, but I mean, start telling stories about your clients you've worked with. So you've got the feedback and then you could say, well, Sharon, your situation is very similar to one of my clients, Linda, who also struggled with doing squats. She also had the goal of losing a bit of weight and toning up her legs and this, I've been working with her for six months and what we've managed to do, which she's over that six month time is we've managed to make sure that she's dropped five kilo. She has done more exercise than she's done before. And she enjoys it all because I've been there every step of the way, telling her what to do, how to do it and keeping her accountable so that she's not struggling to come into the gym every week. So what I've done there is just tell a story of someone who relates to her, but haven't actually sold PT in. So that's the fourth part. Yeah. I think with that one, just to jump in, it's a very soft sell, isn't it? A hard sell is, is the, the, the car salesman, you walk in the door and they're trying to get you by the first car there. Whereas soft selling, you're not directly pushing your services or asking them to sign up, but you're giving them examples of how people have benefited that are similar to them. And then that's almost planting the seed, essentially. As you build in this relationship and moving along the conveyor belt, you should be planting seeds. 
soft indirect selling where they're the customer's going to come to the conclusion themselves that you're really important if if you were to coach them or personal train them this is probably one of the only situations where softer is better i mean i'm just thinking off the top of my head if there's any <laughs> occasions and i'm just thinking like bomb disposal it's probably better if you worked in bomb disposal. You don't want to rush in, do you? The wrong wire, you bump the bomb, boom. You're not, yeah. You wouldn't be a very successful I wouldn't recommend being hard at that point. No. At all. So, anyway, you know, so the fourth could part. could take is, it down many roads, that, but we'll keep it clean. So, the fourth part is that feedback and relationship building. Once you've done that, after you've done the soft spell, sell, the next part is you need to get them into a consultation. So, Pete. How do you but, then transition into the consultation? And what do you say in the consultation? I feel like you've given the listeners the idea that we're casting spells and that is not part of the sales process. There's no spells or magic no spells. in this call. The only magic is the information we give you. I know Pete resembles yeah. Voldemort a little bit and I resemble <laughs> Harry Potter with my glasses. No, I think you resemble someone a lot worse than that. More like Dumbledore. Well, anyway, consultation. So... That is the fifth part of this. So the consultation, this person is this prospect that you've got on the conveyor belt should be well down that conveyor belt now. And just for clarification, <laughs> this is metaphorical conveyor belt. Yeah. You, you are not saying to the person every other sentence, you are on the conveyor belt. Yeah, please don't use that because the, the member or prospect be like, sorry? What conveyor belt? Um, and the, also don't ask your gym management to install a conveyor belt. I don't think they'll go for that. But yeah, so yeah, don't mention conveyor belt to, to your actual customer. But this is just metaphorically speaking. But yeah, the consultation, you don't want to be dropping this in till a lot further down the line. Although you may get the odd prospect who is warmer to PT than the than another the prospect. So if that is the case, this process might be speeded up and you might be into a consultation straight away. You might even get people very rarely that would approach you in a gym and they'll say, I can have a consultation. Great. If you get them, great. But don't rely on that. That is why we have the conveyor belt to make this happen for you and not, you not have to rely on them looking for you. So consultation, you get them in, you've built that relationship up, you know the problem areas, the goals, you've given them value. And now it is basically your opportunity to get them into your business, get them coaching with you, get them personal training with you. And that is when you'll go into some detail. And obviously on the course, we have a big section on consultations and what's involved in how to do that. And so the idea and what not to say. So let's just rush through roughly what would be in that. So we have done have a full to... podcast about consultations. Yeah, as well. So go and check that out. I won't throw it into this because this would be a lot long podcast, although it is a long one, but longer. But basically, soft. soft, soft's better, according to Lewis. But yeah, basically you get them in the consultation, start off nice and easy, bit of general chit chat, loosen them because they're, you know, they're in there and they're, they're expecting that it's going to be a hard sell. You don't want it like that. You want to have some form of consultation form. Obviously, you'll need maybe a park queue and, and that side of it. But I mean, in terms of getting a bit more information, adding 
more flesh to the bone on what you already know about their problems, what they're going into further detail. That's the main thing. Exactly. And you want to record that in, in open, open and questions, but keep questioning. So maybe you say, look, from our conversations before, I know you struggle with your weight. Why is that? Then they'll start to open up, but then maybe question more because they might say, well, I'm just not confident in wearing a bikini. Well, why is that? And you keep questioning it because quite often people have a generic answer to things they, they're sort of protecting. They don't like to tell people their full feelings. So they'll have a generic answer to it to sort of close that door. But you want to get to the bottom of actually what the reason is, because when you know that you can then use that to sell to them. So you want to gather the information off them that is basically going to sell PT to themselves, which we, we discuss on the consultation podcast and in the course, but basically you want to record as much information as possible and then probably feed that back to them, what they've said, read that back to them, say, so you're saying this is a problem because then they're instantly thinking, right, this, this person's got me. They understand Pete Lewis, whoever understands that this is a problem and why this is a problem. Then you can sort of sell your package, your offer, whatever it is, it might be a block. It might be a hybrid package. It might be just weekly sessions, whatever it is, but you can then, you know, Whatever, let's say you, you sell four sessions a month. What do they get in that package? You're going to have to tell them some of the features, but you don't want to just generically tell them, well, you get a nutrition plan. Well, I'm going to check in with you every week. You're going to get a training program. I'm going to take your measurements. Why is that important? And why does that help them? So if they've said, I struggle with weight, well, so with this package, this would be great for you because we'll be taking measurements. So we'll help to keep on top of your weight. We all know for a fact that when we measure you, take pictures and record how your, your progress, we're going to be able to make adjustments and keep you on a process of losing weight. You've used that feature to sell that whatever their problem is, you've, you've created a solution and you're showing them how, what you're offering will meet their demands, meet their problems and will solve their problems essentially. So those are the things then you want to basically by the end of it, have them in a position where they're, they're basically biting your hand off to coach with you. Would you agree with Exactly. So that's consultation. We don't really need to go into any more of that. So consultations. And then once you get to the end of the consultation, you've told them your price. They then there are wanting to come on board. They're then wanting to give you their cash to get to their goal. So the last thing to do is the onboarding. So I'm going to summarize this. We've done a podcast about this. This is essentially getting them from being at the end of the consultation where they've agreed to be a client, they've agreed to transfer the money to them, their first two to three weeks. That's the onboarding is the first initial process of becoming a client. So that means once they leave that consultation, they've had an email from you, which might be set up automatically, which I explain exactly how to do within our course, which is linked in the description. So they'll then get some information where it's stating exactly how everything plays out. So it might say on this email, you might see me once or twice per week, we're going to do X, Y, Z. You're then going to, and then in the next part of the email might be like, you're also going to get access to my fitness pal. This is how you add me on my fitness pal. This is how everything works. So the onboarding is almost a summary of exactly how your service works. It's exactly what's going to happen next. Because if they just leave the consultation 
and then that's it. And then they don't see you until a week later when you schedule the session. There's a lot of time period where nothing's really happening. But if they leave the consultation, they then straight away get an email from you breaking down exactly what's going to happen over the first few weeks. And then you text them again later on in the night. Again, just telling them, look, it was great to meet you. Hope you read the email, joined the Facebook group, set up on my fitness blah, 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 blah. Just making sure that you're building that report, even when they've already paid you the money. So make sure that you've got an onboarding process set up. And that's the last thing. So I've named, we have went through six steps of the conveyor belt, and this is summarizing it in brief. In the course, we go through the, the full thing in obviously a lot more detail and scripts, templates, exactly what you say, how you need to say it, what you shouldn't say. So just to summarize there, the conveyor belt, the metaphorical conveyor belt is initiating conversation, give meaningful value, organize a follow-up, feedback and relationship building, consultation and onboarding. So that's six steps of that conveyor belt. If you nail all of these six steps, I can guarantee you will not be struggling to sell personal training. Would you agree, Pete? I would agree. Uh, this, this is really the skeleton, isn't it, of what you need to do. Um, it's the central nervous system. Is Exactly. And if you need to add more flesh to that and need to get more idea, the course would obviously be great for that. But also in the meantime, Go back over the podcast we've done because we've covered a lot of these topics because they're really important. And we've done a podcast on each topic, essentially, so you'll get a lot more information there. So go check out the other podcasts. But if you really want to guarantee that you're going to be successful and, and get those clients, fill the diary up, the course that we offer would really be a, a, good, a good opportunity, I think, to help with that. Exactly. So head to the link in the description. I don't want to be one of those people who's just constantly plugging the course. But the reason I'm saying it is because I know how much it will help you. We are, maybe if you listen to this podcast, it might already be set up. Maybe not. It might be next week. But we are going to have an introductory course, which is our pre-course before our main course, which you can access for a low price of just under £100. Okay. That might sound to some people, maybe it's quite a lot. Maybe it isn't. I know for a fact one, if you paid for this course, that you will get a lot of value and I can guarantee, and I know that's, I know you can't really guarantee many things in life, but I can guarantee that you'd pick up at least one client from this course. And if one client on average pays you, let's just say 200 quid for one month of training. And let's just say most people even normally stay with you for a few months, but let's just say one client signs up with you after this, you've paid for the course and more. So I don't know what I'm trying to say by this, but what I am trying to say is that it's worth it. You can even claim it as a tax expense. That's one thing I actually, we always forget to mention on the show. We don't really talk about tax and business expenses and stuff like that. But when, remember, whenever you pay for something to do with your business, you can claim it back off tax. So essentially, it's not even an actual expense of your personal statements. So there's another benefit. Last thing I want you to do, <laughs> is to rate the podcast. If you like our podcast, oh, have you seen what episode we're on, Pete? Oh, it's a bit sexy, this one. Isn't it? it is a bit sexy, isn't it? We're on episode 69. People's favourite. Uh... Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. We've spoken a lot of sense and a lot of crap as usual. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to rate. Head to the link in the description and we'll see you in the next one. See you later, guys. See you later.